Let's face it, folks. You know what we're talking about today. Roll the music. And welcome to another edition of the Making Fun Podcast, now owned by Microsoft. My name is my name is Casey Johnson, and alongside me, as always, my lifelong friend, my favorite homeowner at Ravy Baby TV, Raven Stadmiller. Raven, how are you doing, sir? I'm so happy we got acquired by Microsoft. <laughs> when can I expect my first paycheck? Right? Yeah. No. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. I've got some bad news for you. That was kind of just, just a line. You you lied to me. Oh, don't play that card. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh man, sorry, I dropped something. Um, no, yeah, no. I how how are you doing, man? I'll I'll, I'll start it off today. I I'm I'll, tired. I'll, you know. Yeah, I know. I uh, Aren't we all yeah. always. Spent some time with uh, Nia's dad. He was in town this uh, this week, and the um, the COVID has been running rampant through Disc Replay of Columbus, Indiana. Um, and yeah, I'm you know I'm just tired. School has me going crazy because I got this one class, Raven. Mm-hmm. There is something due in this class every day. God, that just sounds miserable. And it's not even like sometimes it'll be like, look at this diagram and answer two questions for one point. One point assignments. One. That's just a slap in the face. Yeah. At, at that point, you're just trying to tell us you don't respect us and our time. Right. Um, That's just, that is expecting you to just be content with busy work, which, like, you shouldn't be, because it's stupid. Yeah. And the thing is, too, I can barely, I can't, like, work on future weeks worth of content because he doesn't put up the assignments until that week. So mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how everything's going to work if. I'm on the road, you know, in future months. We'll see. Right. I don't miss being in school. So I know whenever I graduated, I was like, man, I'm so happy to be done with school. I'm never going to go back. And then lately I've been like, oh, you know, I get three credits for working where I do. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back and get some, take some extra classes. And I'm like, no, stop it. Yeah. Help me. You don't need it. And yeah, like talking yeah. to you every week is just a reminder that I don't need to do this to myself. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Uh, other than but that, I, though, th- things have things have been fine. Okay. I did I did play um, a couple of video games this week. Ooh, that sounds fun. Um, have you been though? What have you been playing? Uh, I've not been too bad. I've just been kind of hanging out. Works slow life's slow i'm uh raising a little personal fun project i should be able to talk about more next week Mm. um so make sure that you all are subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening to us from to hear more about that later but 
I've just been playing more Kingdom Hearts 2. Man, I've been having a blast. It, it does hold up as well as I remember. I was so relieved. Because after playing the first one and it being as bad as it was, I was just like, oh, this is going to suck so bad. But yeah. It it's, been, it's been pleasant the whole time. That's good. Uh, I've also been... I also started... Uh, for whenever Emily wants to like do something or like Emily's at work or whatever, I've been playing Fallout New Vegas mm. uh, for the past week or so. Just going back to it, I don't. Know, I might have talked about it last week, but I don't think I did. Um, just playing Fallout New Vegas is just fun. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely my favorite growing up, and it's fun to go back through it. And I kind of fell into the uh, Skyrim hole that I always fall in, where every time I play Skyrim, you end up as a stealth archer just because it's the best thing you can do in that game. Mm. In this game, it's just like you just take speech and max out at a hundred, and then you can do pretty much anything that you want. Um, but I'm actually going to play through it with, uh, in recent memory and play through all of the DLC, which I didn't do in New Vegas originally. I only played through the last one mm. um, just because I didn't have them. So I'm looking forward to doing that. I, I've been playing through playing through those. Um, almost bought Resident Evil Eight over the weekend. Uh, they didn't actually have it on sale, and it was a bummer. I went to GameStop. They're like, "Yeah, it's twenty dollars." And I was like, "I will spend twenty dollars on Resident Evil 8. And they're like, "Yeah, we're out of copies." And I was like, "I hate everything." <laughs> so yeah, that'll do. But yeah, it. instead, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just waiting a week from when people are listening to this. I'll have my hands on Legends Arceus, uh, and that's going to take up a lot of my time. Spoilers have already started because, as I've talked about the last time, there was a Pokemon game coming out on the show. They always start like two weeks beforehand. Yep. Uh, I say the last time the game came out, like it wasn't two months ago, but leaks are already out. I've been sadly spoiled on one or two of the things about it, which is a bummer because I like to go in as blind as possible. Yeah. But, you know, with the age of the internet, I'm not being more careful. It's kind of my fault, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I've been up to, man. So let me know what games have you been playing? So in your downtime of not having to do one point assignments and being the only person working <laughs> in the office. Yeah, no. Um so I basically it basically boils down to um finished the third DLC of Spider-Man and started on Miles Morales with Nia. Um and I tell you what, when you specifically go from Spider-Man to directly to Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. There, there is so much the same, but there's so much different between those two games. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. That it's, it's really weird to a certain extent to play because like, it feels like a bizarro world of the first one. It, like when Miles Morales came out, I remember being like, oh, okay, cool. Like it's, it's, it's Spider-Man. It's got a lot of extra stuff in there, but at its core, it's the same. And it's like, well, no, there are so many little things that have been either tweaked or improved upon in some cases in my estimation made just a little bit worse, but mm -hmm. for the most part, that it, it was iterated on, and um, we had that. Uh, it, it was the half step between that and the sequel. I, 
I, I've been getting just a little bit annoyed because the entire story, as you remember, happens in Harlem, mm -hmm. which is fine, but mm -hmm. there are there's stuff on the map all over the game in all of the districts. And to me, that just it feels a little awkward because Harlem is always where you need to go to do the next thing. But it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm I'm finding this like cache that the underground put there. I need to go find the rest of the caches, and they're all over the map. And then you go around the city just basically for the purpose of going around the city, and then you come right. back to Harlem. Um, they had a world already built and they're just going to have you explore it again. Yeah. Um, past that though, I am really in enjoying it still. There are obviously stark differences between Miles Morales and Peter Parker themselves. And I like that dissonance between the two of them. And yeah, overall it's, it's, it's a lot of fun as of course I knew that it would be. Let me speak for a minute, however, on the trophy list, because I forgot about this. Okay. Now, I did not intend to make this a New Game Plus run. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a New Game Plus guy, really. Mm -hmm. And it one of the trophies is completing a new game plus run. And I also forgot that there were skills and even a, um, a costume that couldn't be unlocked except through new game plus. Yep. 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 And I, I, I said this on the show when I played through it the first time while I had COVID, but I would like to again, reiterate how dumb that is. And it does to a certain extent, I guess it does justify new game plus and being in there, but new game plus justifies itself. That's for people who want to play through it again, but have a superpower run. And I, I don't think that I don't like, I don't like trophies that are tied to New Game Plus. I don't like trophies that require you to play on a certain difficulty in order to mm -hmm. get the Platinum. Um, in my estimation, people should not have to play through the game multiple times or play through the game on a harder difficulty just to put that little notch in their belt of having platinumed it. Like if you 100% complete the game and then like maybe there's some combat challenges or stuff in there for trophies. But for the most part, I think if you 100% complete the game, that should be your platinum. Like mm -hmm. why, why Being able to do it all on one it? save file is really nice. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, I'm personally, I, I'm a fan of, new game plus stuff usually lately i've been less and less just because it feels less impactful in a way um but still it's just just being able to start and finish on one save file doing every single possible thing is great it's like why do i have to jump through additional hoops just to meet one other criteria 
I, I understand it's like, oh yeah, I can come back and play this again in a year or two, but like I I won't. Yeah. Like you are, which is great, but usually like I'm probably not going to go back and play through Miles Morales. If I'm going to play through one of them, it's definitely just going to be the original Spider-Man because I think it's a better game. In, yeah. It, I don't know if it's necessarily a better game, but it tells a better story. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the story in Miles Morales. I just prefer the one in the original one. So it's like I, I felt like I've already done everything I wanted to do in Miles Morales, and there's still stuff in the original Spider-Man that I want to go to. Yeah, and even uh, so, like, I'm cool with every game for the rest of Eternity having a new game plus. Like, I'm cool with that. For me, yeah. my line is don't tie it to the trophy list. Mm-hmm. Because then you are requiring multiple playthroughs at that point rather than just suggesting multiple playthroughs. And and besides, like, when I play Spider-Man Remastered, and I think mm-hmm. Spider-Man Remastered is a really good example of this, they have multiple different trophy lists. They have a trophy list for the original game, a trophy list for each of the DLCs, and then a trophy list for um, the new game plus. And if you want to do that even, that's cool. To me, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, people love their platinum trophies. And I've been getting more of them lately. And for me, just to jump through hoop after hoop in order to do it in New Game Plus, to me, it kind of... Not everybody plays that way, and I just feel like everybody should... Like, a platinum trophy should be within reach for everybody. Soapbox over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I agree. But, Raven, we don't have a lot of time for soapboxes today because we have some news to get to my friend there are four stories on the docket today but really it's more like nine uh because (laughs) there is one story you know the one that has Mm -hmm. a lot of layers to it so let's go ahead and get started here first things first ubisoft is developing a firefighting game about the blaze at notre dame this is adam bankhurst over at ign who says ubisoft has partnered with pate to develop a notre dame on to develop notre dame on fire a location-based vr escape bang, uh, game based on the docudrama of the same name that will put players in the shoes of the Parisian Fire Brigade as they try to solve the world-famous cathedral from the fire that broke out in 2019. Now, this is... To me, this is news in the category of, Oh, dope! That's neat. Like, and, I, you know, I remember when the palace at Notre Dame burned down when, when, when the cathedral burned down and originally it was like Ubisoft was going to help them try to repair some of it because they took all of these pictures of what it looked like for Assassin's Creed Unity. Right. And now they're putting all of those assets to good use and to me, it just seems like something that makes so much sense, and mm-hmm. it gives a lot of credit and a lot of notoriety to the 
to firefighters who like firefighters are rock stars and nobody ever talks about it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. This is just, this makes my heart happy. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a really cool little thing. I'm interested to see, you know, what, what it does and like how the game is actually played. But right. I, I think it's a nice little thing to do, I guess, especially if what I would, what I rather, I think it would be cool if they used it as an opportunity to uh, donate the proceeds to the Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, like re rebuilding fund, I guess, as it were. Like being able to be like, okay, cool. We have the ability to make this. We're going to make this. We're going to cover the costs of development and donate the profits to the Notre Dame uh, Foundation or whatever it's called to rebuild uh, Notre Dame. Especially because they already have so many of the assets they're going to need. Right. They already have everything. They just have to retexture a little bit of it or like up up the res. And yeah, I, I think it would be a nice gesture for them to do, but. You know, who knows if they're going to do it or not. And I, at the very least, I have no doubt that, especially as a, at its core, a French company, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Um, Or at least a, a bit of the proceeds. And keep in mind, this is a VR tie-in to a docudrama about it. Mm -hmm. So they're already working with the right people on that. I just, I like when people say we have those assets and then they use them. Yeah. Neat. Uh, In news that is specifically for Casey, um, the brand new cover and most importantly, the release date for WWE 2K22 has been revealed. Michael Saltzman over at IGN says the return of the WWE 2K series will be headlined by a superstar who's no stranger to dramatic returns himself as WWE 2K22 will feature Hall of Famer and Lucha Libre legend Rey Mysterio as its cover superstar. A side note, we did already uh, know that. However, this news comes from a virtual press conference featuring Mysterio and hosted by WWE color commentator Byron Saxton and broadcast journalist Sam Roberts, who also announced the game's release date of March 11th, 2022. This is Casey taking over now and paraphrasing. Uh, Also, the ultimate edition of the game is going to be called the NWO for Life edition as it is the 25th anniversary or celebrating the 25th anniversary last year of the NWO, which took the entire wrestling world by storm in 1996. Um, You know, it, Raven, I, I've said this before because I've seen glimpses of gameplay and I've seen stuff that they're planning they're bringing some stuff back that people have really wanted and they're doing some stuff that people have expected them to do for a while now. I cannot wait to own the most uh, expensive version of this and likely be disappointed by it. Yeah, that's how it goes. Much like me with Pokemon. Yeah, it, no, I was just thinking that because you're, you're at a point in your life now where you're like, I'm going to buy it, I'm going to catch them all, but what does it all mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I sit down and I'm not like, wow, that was an awful experience. I want my money back. But I'm just like, eh. Which I think it's fine to have games that make you go, eh. I'm excited to see if Legend Arceus changes it up enough like the internet yeah. demanded them to do. Um, 
but also I'm at a point in my life where going eh, is like acceptable. Yeah. Right? I don't have to be wowed by everything. If I want to be wowed, oh, I can go get wowed by pretty much any other PlayStation, play any PlayStation title. On yeah, the just play God of War again. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it doesn't have to be this whole big hullabaloo about, oh man, every game should be a triple A perfection or like a classic indie gem. Yeah. Like if every game was this top notch quality, it wouldn't let me a enjoy those games to their fullest extent for being so amazing in their own right. And more importantly, B let me laugh at the games that are bad. Yeah. (laughs) And like for, and for me, especially with the things like WWE NBA and um, formerly Madden, as I did not buy Madden this year for the first time and I haven't regretted it once. Um, for me, good. These games are games that I come back to periodically over the course of the year, right? Like, I, I mean, I haven't mentioned this on the show because there's literally no point to mentioning it. But the past couple of weeks, I've also been dabbling in like NBA 2K22 again. Just like I'll play mm-hmm. a game here or there for fun. And yeah. WWE is one of those like. I'll delete it when I need space for the next AAA thing that's coming out, but then I'll re-download it every mm-hmm. single time because every once in a while you just want to jump in and, and play a few matches. And a lot of people are like that with a, a lot of... Um, it, it's weird because people, I feel like, have a tendency to really respect when you get that with fighting games for instance right, right. it's like right. I buy all of the Mortal Kombat's and then every once in a while I just get on it and play for a little bit and people are like wow you're a real gamer but I'm like every once in a while I like to play basketball and the entire internet's like duh sports ball I don't, I don't know how to sp- sp- ball with sport and I'm like wow we're all kind of doing the same thing <laughs> mm-hmm I mean, I still go back and play GameCube games. I'm playing a game that came out on the PS2 because I felt nostalgic and wanted to play it. Right. Like, it's totally fine to dust off games every once in a while. It's just an elitist thing that the internet likes to do because it makes them feel better about themselves. No. It, it, it's it's kind of the same thing where it's like I've stopped trying to convince people that, I, that my taste in video games is justified, in a sense. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't like RPGs. And I've never been like, oh, wow, I don't know why you don't like RPGs. I'm just like, yeah, that's fair. Because I get that people don't like them. But if you try telling most Souls players, like, hey, I don't like Souls sports, they're like, oh, my God, why not? And I'm like, that is why. I just don't want to yeah. be talked to from, like, an elitist standpoint on it, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, we, and that applies to a lot of things in life. We would live in a much better world if hey, I have my opinion and you have your opinion and we differ and that's cool was the way that everybody approached stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, speaking of the internet, Raven, you know what is not going to happen on the internet probably? Oh, man. What's that? E3 via Kyle Knight over at DualShockers 
the E3 digital event of this year is reportedly a mess and, quote, probably canceled. Let me read on. The ESA recently revealed that E3 2022 would not be taking place in a physical setting, as reported on the Making Fun podcast, for the third year in a row. But now it's looking like the digital event is probably canceled, too. Um, Raven, this came from a gentleman online who absolutely would know what he's talking about by the name of uh, Jeff Grubb. And Mm -hmm. he said, it's a mess. Things are going terribly right now, and it's probably being canceled. Now, let's flash back to a couple of years ago when we asked ourselves, what is the place of E3 once COVID is over? Mm-hmm. And COVID isn't even over. As a matter of fact, right now it's starting to feel like Groundhog Day. It's so not mm-hmm. over. But... People are jumping ship. And last year's E3 was not impressive mm-hmm. at all. I mean, we had our tentpole stuff that happened and it was fine. But you, I mean, you remember when you and I were like juggling. I, I was like printing out a bunch of... Um, schedules and and taping them places and I'm like oh my god I wonder what this game is bringing and this ga- and the the assumption that we or this company is bringing and the assumption that we all made that were like that was like wrong mm-hmm. was that all of these conferences by all of these people would have reasons to justify their existence. (laughs) And not all of them did. As a matter of fact, I would say probably half of them didn't. Half of them just showed trailers that we already saw at the Microsoft conference. Mm -hmm. So with Gamescom being a thing, with GDC being a thing, with Jeff Keighley swooping in with Summer Game Fest, which all of these are now virtual events and um, as boogie2988 would say through the live through the power of the internet right we have the ability to see all of these things and they're tailored now with a worldwide audience in mind gamescom is not just for the folks over in germany now right so at at that point you know Every company can have these online showcases. They can pick out their month, and that can be their month. Nintendo has already been doing this. Sony has already been doing this. There's a state of play that's rumored to be taking place in February. Raven, the big question is, especially if the 2022 E3 gets canceled, but nevertheless, is E3 kind of a relic of the past now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's one of those things where <clears throat> E3 was tenured into what it does because of because it was the first one, right? Yeah. It was the first big one that most people knew about. But now, with, techno- with news being as common as it is, 
And with more and more events going on, people are going more and more like, why would I, why would I watch this one in particular? And then on the other side of that spectrum, you have game developers who are having issues just putting their event on, which is yeah. all that they want to, or rather they're having troubles and issues actually getting their stuff to be shown by E3. And yeah. it's like, okay, if you're having issues both bringing in new people and keeping on the developers that you have on hand, then what's the point of being there, right? Everybody has to get with the program and with the times by a certain point. And it just, if E3 keeps up this way, they're probably not going to. Yeah, and if you look at this from the perspective of, say, a Ubisoft, right? Let's go with Ubisoft. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about them today. Ubisoft, let's say that Ubisoft has their E3 showcase, as they do every year. Mm-hmm. What that looks like, and this is, by the way, uh, folks, this is a gross oversimplification, but it's it's for effect, and you'll understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So they... What that looks like is they've got OBS open, right? And they are streaming their event to E3, who is streaming it to us. Mm-hmm. You know how much extra work it takes for Ubisoft to hold their own event? Well, they open OBS... And they stream it directly to us on their YouTube channel. Yeah. Now, obviously, I I doubt that these companies are using using OBS. Although, honestly, there's some of them that probably are. Um, No, I I wouldn't be surprised if they were. But OBS is great. Um, like for me, there is in the in the past with E3 you have wanted people to be there, right? And you want to be there because you want people to be there and you want that, you know, the roar of the crowd and the cool stage show. And and that's cool. But also what people are learning is, A, you don't have to have E3 to, like, rent out a theater and bring some journalists. People will buy tickets either way. That's number one. And number two, when you're streaming it all yourself, you actually gain a lot of things. You gain the, you know, the reaction streams and the co-streams and the moments that it isn't you say something, the crowd roars, and then the streamers go crazy. It's you say something... The people feel like it's directly to them and then they go crazy. And at a certain point, there's just no need for the middleman. Yeah, absolutely. It's just an extra step that they have to pay for. And we're moving to a point now where you don't want to get on a live stage in front of people. You just want to record it anyway, just to make sure you don't have any hiccups. So they record it ahead of time and they send off the file and they pay to get it shown at E3 which is having declining viewership and more and more struggles to put their stuff up. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense from a logistical standpoint anymore. And not just that, but like we don't need 30 minutes dedicated to what, how Verizon 5G is helping gaming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not to like put any sort of like, uh, 
Game Awards in like this perfect orange light, right? With the Shik Hydro Man a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need general blatant advertisement being advertised to us during our subliminal adver- advertisements, right? But yeah, it's just. I, I think the worst part about losing out on E3 is losing out on the in-person experience that a lot of people really like, and I feel really bad for that. But there are going to be other conferences. I think it's going to be yeah. If E3 is unable to keep the the team that they have or the um, developers that they have on hand that would like to reveal things there, then you know why 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 deal with it, right? Yeah, I, I think the coolest tweet that I saw related to this is from Kind of Funny's Greg Miller, who, um, in a story, Raven, that you most certainly won't know, but was hilarious, uh, like three years ago, I think, um, Greg Miller was banned from E3 um, because they said that he was um, giving his press pass out to people and they were masquerading as him. And he was like, mm-hmm. um... No. And they were mm-hmm. like, well, sorry, you're banned. And he was like, okay. Um, he, at the exact time that you said that somebody was using my press pass, I was on stage, like on the main stage, streaming a segment that I was hosting for you. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh, you're right. Sorry about that. And then, funnily enough, last year, Greg was one of the hosts of E3. And he, he tweeted and he said, in 2019, I was banned from E3. In 2021, I hosted E3 and shut it down from the inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, that's unreal. Well, Raven, uh, if it doesn't say anything to the effect of what E3 is in, they're reversing a permanent ban for something that they fucked up and were too um, <laughs> right uh, prideful to like admit they were wrong on. You know, Ugh. what do you say we just do this, dog? <clears throat> Let's just rip off the bandaid. Microsoft bought. Activision Blizzard. Now, uh, Raven, you can you can just relax and listen for a little bit because I've got a lot of stuff to get to related to this. I've got like one, two, three, four, five, six stories pulled up that all have to do with something uh, related to this and how the last 48 hours has gone. The first thing that I want to say before I get started with all of these is called it and we'll get to that later. But... <laughs> I'm going to give all of the basic information from a Wall Street Journal article um, entitled Activision Blizzard's Workplace Problems Spurred $75 Billion Microsoft Deal. This is by Ben Fritz, Carl Lombardo, and uh, Kirsten Grind. Now, one of the reasons I chose this particular article is because it is so, from a different perspective than most of the stuff that we're reading. We got to remember, these are Fortune 200 companies, right, (laughs) that are merging, and there's a lot of implications here. Now, let's get to the article. When allegations of a toxic workplace at Activision Blizzard Incorporated surfaced last year and investors fled the video game giant stock, Microsoft Corp., 
rushed in. A California regulatory agency had sued Activision in July following widespread sexual harassment. Then, a Wall Street Journal article in November reported that longtime chief executive Bobby Kotick knew about allegations of employee misconduct across Activision that he didn't brief the board on, adding pressure to the company and its stock. That provided the catalyst for Microsoft's gaming head, Phil Spencer, to approach Mr. Kodak about a takeover soon after, according to people familiar with the matter. Deal-hungry Microsoft had been interested in Activision and had discussed a potential acquisition in the past, some of those people said, but Mr. Kodak was cool to the idea until Microsoft offered him a graceful exit. Some of Activision's directors who had stood by Mr. Kodak during the crisis were individually beginning to get anxious, according to people familiar with the board. Some directors didn't believe shareholders and employees would be comfortable without a major change, but weren't willing to try to oust Mr. Kodak. He is expected to depart the company after the deal closes, the people said. Staking so much on a company facing investigations, internal and external unrest, and unknown liabilities is highly unusual and a big risk for Microsoft. Activision's troubles gave the tech giant an opening to make a deal and also a long list of problems to navigate. Mr. Kodak pushed to make the deal happen, the people familiar with the board said. He and Mr. Spencer already knew each other, given that many of Activision's games, which include the wildly popular Call of Duty and World of Warcraft, appear on Microsoft's Xbox console. Over the next two months, Mr. Spencer and Kodak negotiated the $75.5 billion total transaction announced Tuesday is the biggest ever for Microsoft and will create the world's third largest gaming company by revenue. Now, um, via Tom Warren over at The Verge, Microsoft's gaming CEO, of course, has now emailed everybody at Activision Blizzard. Now, to be clear, it's a $75.5 billion deal in total. However, um, $68.7 billion of that has to do with the actual Activision Blizzard acquisition. Uh, there's just... Mm-hmm. You know, an extra seven-ish billion in in pocket change being thrown around for other stuff. So, Spencer, which for the record, (laughs) hang on, hang on, let me let me cut in real quick because I think we're about to say the same thing. That is an extra Bethesda that's being thrown around. Yeah, (laughs) there. That is that is how much Microsoft acquired Bethesda for early last year. Yeah, seven billion dollars, and that's just being thrown around as extra pocket. Oh my god. Okay, continue. Now, with that being said, when you're talking about companies that are so massive, there's going to be a lot of other stuff that has to be taken into account that is going to cost in the billions of dollars. So, nyan-nyan, right? Here is what Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer had to say about his new role in the company's gaming efforts in an email to staff today. Um, this was Tuesday. Let me get a drink of water here, folks. And I will be good. Yeah. <laughs> Un- unreal, by the way. I'm just going to cut in again. This is this is unreal that this is happening. Like, there are arguments and talks of this being borderline monopoly-esque. 
right? What's preventing them from just merging with all of the game companies to just make a game, a game company? Right. (sighs) And, okay, so here's, here's the email. Welcome back from the holidays. To start, I'd like to thank everyone for all the hard work and dedication that have built this business and this community. Obviously, today's agreement to acquire Activision Blizzard is incredibly exciting. In fact, it's a milestone for our company, our business, and our industry. Um, I'm going to skip down a little bit to the biggest thing, which is um, Phil Spencer says, I am now the CEO of Microsoft Gaming. So... Raven, once this deal takes place, um, Kodak is stepping away. Um, sorry about you. See you. Wouldn't want to be you. Um, and now Phil Spencer is going to take what some would say is a little bit of a lateral move, but nevertheless is going to probably change his day-to-day life quite a bit, which is he is going to be the CEO of Microsoft Gaming as opposed to the head of Xbox. Mm. Just at first glance, Raven, what what does the difference in title mean to you? I mean, to me it sounds like they're trying to move away from Xbox. Like, not necessarily like, okay, and now we're done with Xbox products, which... I, you know, wouldn't surprise me with, given the track record it's had over the past couple of years. But if they're moving to Microsoft Gaming, they're trying something else that isn't just Xbox. They're trying to, like, you know, and we're seeing the beginnings of that with Game Pass, right? We're seeing them moving on to the PC platform. We're seeing them do Game Pass, Microsoft Store, right? Instead of it being Xbox Game Pass, it'll probably be called, like, Microsoft's Game Pass or something. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's what, I think that that sort of transition is something that we'll start seeing uh, once this deal starts closing out next year. Yeah, you know, for me, I think it's very similar to um, the company of Facebook moving over to Meta, right? Where Facebook started out as this one company who did this one thing and then it grew, right? And they acquired Instagram and they acquired Oculus and they acquired all of this stuff to the point where in late 2021, they looked at each other and they said, well, why are we still named Facebook? Mm -hmm. We do so many different things. We need some sort of an overarching name. So now Microsoft Gaming is the company that has Xbox right as a subsidiary. It is the company that has Activision Blizzard and Xbox Game Studios, which will probably be named Microsoft Game Studios, and um, the the Bethesdas and all of this stuff as a subsidiary. Microsoft Gaming, of course, being a subsidiary of Microsoft itself. So a lot of what Phil Spencer is going to be doing probably now is going to be overseeing different brands, not just heading up Xbox in and of itself all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But my friend, my friend, 
What about Sony? Well, Sony stock reportedly took a $20 billion hit after Xbox's Activision announcement. That is a 13% fall in Tokyo. This is by Jared Moore, um, again over at IGN. As detailed in a report by Bloomberg, Sony Group Corp shares fell by 13% in Tokyo on Wednesday, just a day after Microsoft announced its $68.7 billion deal with Activision Blizzard. As per the report, the drop itself is the largest single fall in Sony stock since October 2008, which, if I'm remembering correctly, Raven, was when PSN got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> That is a thing that happened, huh? So, naturally, they um, they get worried. So, Sony has to make a statement via Joe Scribbles at IGN on what is today as we're recording this, yesterday as you're listening to it, the 20th. And Sony released a statement that when you and I read it, we had the same thought, which was, okay, sure. But these were very, you know, have it's like, it's not like at all, but it's, it's what I'm going to use. <laughs> <laughs> it's always my favorite sign whenever you're like, it's kind of like, you are like, well, it isn't, but it isn't, it isn't is when, <laughs> when you're in love with somebody, and you're getting to that point. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Don't listen to my laughter. I'm totally following. Please continue. Okay. Okay. Let's. Like when you're in love. No, yeah. No, when you're your when life. you're in the beginning of a relationship and you're getting really, really serious about one another, uh -huh. and you're in love with them, you know that. They know that. Uh -huh. They're in love with oh. you. You know that. They know that. But it still bears saying out loud. Uh -huh. And in a much opposite way, Sony needed to say this out loud. And essentially, to the Wall Street Journal, a Sony spokesperson said this sentence... And that was all that this Sony spokesperson needed to say. We expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. Mm -hmm. Which essentially goes to all of the chicken littles out there, right, who think that the sky is falling in Sony land right now and saying, hey, I don't, it doesn't matter if Microsoft, and I don't know that this is the exact number, but I'm throwing out a number. It doesn't matter that Microsoft owns them because mm -hmm. we know for a fact we have Call of Duty for five more years. Right. You know, this is not something that is going to, it's not going to be a Bethesda where within two years, now we're looking at Ghostwire Tokyo and saying, these are the last, this is the last exclusive merely a couple of years after the Bethesda takeover. The Call of Duty contract is a much, much larger contract that we're talking about. Yeah. So, 
don't expect everything to leave the store tomorrow. As a matter of fact, again, via Jared Moore over at IGN, just Joe and Jared all day today, Activision <laughs> won't remove existing games from PlayStation after my, uh, uh, Microsoft acquisition. Activision Blizzard Good. just confirmed that it won't remove existing games from PlayStation after it's been acquired by Xbox. Meaning that, for instance, which, granted, we don't necessarily expect these games to come off the store, much in the same way you can still buy Doom actually on sale right now from uh, PlayStation. But in the case of, like, a Call of Duty Warzone, their intention right there is to still have it multi-platform. And now this leads us to a big question which Logan Plant asked over at IGN, will Call of Duty be an Xbox exclusive? And people seem to be split on whether this is going to be the case or not. And Phil Spencer tweeted this today. He said, had good calls this week with the leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Interestingly enough, um, Phil Spencer, I didn't link an article specifically saying this, but he did a um, an interview wherein he was very clear that he trusts Sony and he trusts Nintendo to be, quote-unquote, uh, basically good stewards of gaming. He said that he kind of doesn't like the fact that your Apples and Amazons and Googles and Facebooks of the world are getting into gaming because he doesn't think they're going to take care of it. Um, which is both um, very admirable and probably not the real reason he doesn't like them getting into gaming. <laughs> um, but, nevertheless, right now, Raven, it doesn't look like everything is going to just magically start being Xbox exclusives. But, and I don't know how you feel about it, but if my plan in 2027 or whatever when the contract runs out, if my plan isn't to have Call of Duty eventually be an Xbox exclusion, uh, exclusive, I'm not spending $70 billion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, come on. That is so, so much to just be like, yeah, forever you guys will have Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the other big thing, too, is that, uh, I don't know, I, I have a lot of emotions about it. There, There is no way that Call of Duty is not going to become an Xbox exclusive, right? Xbox slash PC. But they're going to lose out on Overwatch 2, they're going to lose out on so much. And then we're not even addressing the fact that Crash Bandicoot pretty sure it's still an Activision IP. Oh, don't don't worry. We're we're getting there. Don't okay. don't worry about that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but 
I don't know. I don't know. This is ridiculous. This is the biggest acquisition in a long time, let alone ever in game history. Yeah. Um. So, And here's the thing, too, is that I think a lot of people have been taking the opinion of, well, Xbox, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, this is Microsoft making the purchase. And Call of Duty makes too much money on PlayStation for them to pull it. Let me explain something here. You know whose uh, bottom line hasn't been hurting lately? Microsoft. I I don't think they're exactly like, oh, we're going to lose out on that revenue. No. At this point, you're about building the Xbox, nay, building the Microsoft gaming brand. That's what you're here for at this point. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of things that could come from this. One of them is... Um, via Gene Park over at Washington Post. And for the record, I, I know that you don't choose what your name is. Yeah. But I, 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 I just don't have a lot of faith that Gene Park is an avid gamer. <laughs> um, <laughs> as he mentions... Xbox CEO Phil Spencer on reviving old Activision games as Microsoft positions itself as tech's, uh, as tech's gaming company. Spencer said, I believe the leaders there believe in the opportunity they have in their plan. And then it says, the games created by Activision Blizzard's developers provide the centerpiece of Microsoft's strategic thinking around the acquisition. The titles are some of the most popular in the world. Those Activision properties extend well beyond Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and let's not forget Candy Crush. Activision Blizzard owns King Games, which Mm -hmm. is Candy Crush and Farm Heroes and Bubble Witch Saga and every other game that you've ever played on your phone. He says, Which is crazy because yeah. I only knew that they did Candy Crush. Yeah. So he says, I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go. <laughs> yeah. That's a quote yeah. in the Washington Post. Anyway, he said, King's Quest, Guitar Hero. I should know this, but I think they got Hexen too. Oh my God. I think I should know this. <laughs> um, and. Casey, you ever think about how poor we are in the grand schemes of the world? Just like yeah. seven, $67 billion. So, and he doesn't even know every IP they have. I don't, but I'm not worth $70 billion. The list of IPs that are presumably owned by Xbox following Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition. Get ready, because... Wow, some of these on here I forgot about. And some of these on here I've never heard of. But nevertheless, Blur, Caesar, Call of Duty, Candy Crush, Crash Bandicoot, Diablo, 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 
um, DJ Hero, Guitar Hero, Empire Earth, Gabriel Knight, Geometry Wars, Gun. You remember what? the Gun series? They own Geometry Wars. They so sure do. The King thing. Huh. Um, Hearthstone. They now yeah. they now own. Um, uh, Heroes of the Storm. Yes, Hexen. Uh, Interstate 76, King's Quest, Laura Bow Mysteries, The Lost Vikings, Overwatch, Phantasmagoria, Pitfall, Police Quest, Prototype, Quest for Glory, Singularity, Skylanders, Soldier of Fortune, Space Quest, Spyro the Dragon, Starcraft, Tenchu, Time Shift, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, True Crime, World of Warcraft, and Let's Not Forget Zork. Um, they own Zork. They own Wild. Zork. I Crazy. mean, come on, right? The interaction I mean, fiction computer game developed yeah, by MIT. Yeah, the text-based you know. adventure game. Yeah. How, who 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 owned that out of Activision, Blizzard, and King? Was it Activision? Um. Well, let's see here. Um. Because like. I just assumed it was a project that was released and nobody owned it anymore. Yeah, Activision. Activision was the publisher on it. It's like rich people buying a painting and being like, yeah, I own this piece of history. Or crypto bros buying an NFT and thinking that they're intelligent. Sorry, continue. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. Anyway, uh, Raven, I want to talk about some of the the implications that you maybe don't talk about surrounding this deal and it's interesting to look at because Microsoft now owns this company Microsoft owns that IP I'm going to say this again because Microsoft now owns this company Microsoft now owns this IP Now, let's take a look at this here. Now, my first point is that I remember just a couple of months ago, we were talking about a little studio called Toys for Bob. Mm -hmm. Now, if you remember, Toys for Bob created Skylanders, Um, They did the Insane Trilogy, the Reignited Trilogy, and Crash Bandicoot 4. Do you remember Mm -hmm. what happened to Toys for Bob, Raven? They're they're working on Call of Duty. They are working on Call of Duty. Yeah. Great use of their skills. Activision, well, and the thing is, as much as we hated this at the time, even we said, yeah, I get it. Right? Uh (laughs) Because Call of Duty is what it is. Now they're working on Warzone, which, I mean, Warzone, what do you figure? How much money do you figure Warzone makes per day? Because it's it's seven digits. Yeah, at least. If not eight digits, right? So More money than I want to think about. Activision has kind of cannibalized themselves in recent years. And they've got all of this stuff that they have done and now they've kind of become a call of duty factory Mm -hmm. with new management 
And all of these studios that Microsoft now owns, because that's been their deal, right? And that, that's something that we haven't talked about here. Microsoft's entire deal the past couple of years has been wait until a game company is quote-unquote on its last legs. And I mean that from a PR perspective. Obviously, Activision Blizzard wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But people hate that entire infrastructure there, and rightfully so, because it's severely messed up. So go in there, buy them, buy their IP, keep the people that you want, clean house of the dirt bags. Because if we remember, Bethesda was not doing great. From, from a PR perspective, they needed a shot in the arm. Activision needs its reputation saved. And Microsoft is like gaming Jesus coming to wash your sins away. And I just find it interesting that they're saying, hey, let's lay in wait. Now, if we remember last year, um, we reported that... They were making another Bethesda level purchase. And one of the names, I, th- I believe we looked up or we reported on five potential things that they were buying. Mm-hmm. And I think number two was Activision Blizzard. And you were like, yeah, that makes sense. And then I looked it up and I saw what Activision Blizzard was worth. And then we both said, I mean, I guess it would make sense for them to buy them, but they're not paying Activision Blizzard money. Yeah, they're not. They're not paying. That's not Bethesda level. That is a completely different level. Yeah, it's like eight Ubisofts. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. But. Absolutely unreal. We actually, I'm just glad that it we got one of the five, right? Because yeah. that was actually one of the guesses that we had. And we don't often get things right, really. Mm-hmm. Just look at our Game Awards predictions. Um, <laughs> but. This year was rough for us. This year was rough. And last. We were pretty good. Yeah. So Activision kind of cannibalized themselves a little bit. And so now Microsoft can move around those IPs with all of these independent studios that they now own that are now dependent studios, right? Put one of them on Tony Hawk. Put one of them on Crash. Put one of them on Spyro. And, like, put one of them on Guitar Hero. And those four IP by themselves make Microsoft a more legitimate contender with exclusives because those four, and what have we said about Microsoft is that so many of their games are shooty games in some form or fashion. Yeah. And it all looks a little samey. You throw Crash as an exclusive in there. You throw Spyro as an exclusive in there. Tony Hawk which gets, you know, your extreme sports crowd. And if you can find a way to relevantly make Guitar Hero again, because let me tell you what, Raven, 
there is an audience for Guitar Hero still. We get calls about Guitar Hero almost every day at the shop. Mm-hmm. Granted, it didn't do super well last time, but I think we're in a different time now. People are starting to want that nostalgia. You do just that, you're able to produce those four franchises again, mm-hmm. and you're already starting to compete. Yeah. I think that the next two or three years for Microsoft are going to be a little bit quiet. Yeah. But in like three or four, they're going to have like a mid-generation swap if everything goes the way they're hoping. And with how how acquisitions are going, they probably will. Now, be shocked if it didn't. Another interesting thing here, y'all, is that. Of course, all of the Activision stuff is going to be coming to Game Pass. That That is a given. Yeah. But it still bears talking about. All of these games that Activision has released over the years, including all of these Call of Duties, including all the Call of Duties, including all, including all the Call of Duties, are mm-hmm. coming to Game Pass. Yeah. That is insane. All of the Blizzard stuff, all of the 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 Raven software stuff. It's all my software. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to be on campus. Wow! Congrats. Thanks. Um. All of it's coming to Game Pass. Yeah. And I I know that I I've said that several times now. But, I, but it's all coming to Game Pass. Yeah, it's all coming to Anyway. Game what, Pass is such, such a good deal. What does this do also for PlayStation? Because if I am PlayStation, at this exact moment, I'm calling every studio that, I'm, that I own, and I'm saying in 90 days I want you to have a pitch for an FPS. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they call up uh, whoever made Killzone. Have to make another Killzone. Well, it's interesting that you should say that because the Killzone team is about to have some free time on their hands. You know, once they release Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot it was Gorilla. It was Gorilla. It was because they made that, and then they also made what was. Their first big series. Killzone. I thought they had one more before that. No, it, like, it was pretty much it was Killzone for the most part. What? Sorry, I'm thinking of a different game. It's like Red World Armageddon or something. Um, I've never or heard Guerrilla Tactics, maybe? Red Faction. Red Faction. Red Faction. Um uh, Red, okay. Red Faction. One of them was called Red Faction Guerrilla. That... Yes, that's where I was getting confused. That was uh, Deep Silver. Deep Silver. Okay, I don't know why I thought Gorilla made that. Well, because, well, well, because, because of one Faction of them. Gorilla. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We got, I got there. I got there. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So if we look yeah. at who all, like, PlayStation owns, there are a number of, I mean, <clears throat> what is Sony Bend up to? 
you know? Uh-huh. What what is Ben Studios up to? Because the last thing they did was Days Gone, and judging by stuff that I've heard in the last couple of weeks, Sony does not want a sequel to Days Gone. Yeah. So it what's, Days Gone kind of flopped. Yeah. I mean, even Blue Point, Blue Point does a lot of remakes, but they could do some stuff. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of I mean, shoot, Insom is doing everything else. Put Insomniac on it. Oh, yeah. Um, I think... What Do you think we're going to see a new, maybe even militarized FPS in the next couple of years from Sony? I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it sucks to take Gorilla off of uh, the Horizon series. But... I, I, it, they have to be considering it because they're like, wow, we're possibly losing Call of Duty if negotiations go wrong. Yeah, like I still Jim Ryan, with how large Activision is, there's a chance I bet that we'll still have Call of Duty on PlayStation consoles for at least a little bit. Yeah, so they have a little bit of time. They're planning on finishing out their contracts. Yeah, but how long those contracts are, we're not privy to know. And I, I guarantee you that Jim Ryan isn't sitting in his office right now like, you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no way. No so way. You got to start being proactive about this stuff. Now, I also want to point out that Guerrilla Games, while it's kind of a smaller, it's kind of a, a, a smaller team. Yeah. They're getting to the point now where when that Forbidden West money comes in, they're going to be able to make some pretty sizable acquisitions. Mm-hmm. I can see them doing a similar thing to Insomniac where, you know, they've got their engine, their engine works, and they're going to slowly and surely start to build two teams and stagger them. Right. The, mm-hmm. Like the story team is, let's say, right now working on a concept for a new kill zone game. And then when that moves into heavy, heavy production, the story team will start working on, a, you know, Horizon 3 mm-hmm. and maybe release one game. Because, I mean, let's face it, FPSs are easier to pump out than, say, a Horizon. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's feasible to, by 2025, let's say, release a new, um, a new kill zone. And then by 2028, let's say you've got horizon three and then kind of do those on like four or five year cycles between the two of them. I think that could work for them. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. They, we won't know. I mean, it's. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I am at such a loss of words with everything that's happening around us. You know, and it's the funny thing too is that so because of our current situation at work, we're working on limited hours, and mm-hmm. so I I don't have to be at work until eleven thirty. And so I woke up at like 1045 or something like that on Tuesday 
already feeling like something was off because my body is yeah. like, dude, we're supposed to be at work. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, and I feel like I'm in a daze. And then I saw that you DM'd me on Twitter and Raven, I thought I was still dreaming. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised at all in that. Cause it feels still like a dream. It really does beg the question like, okay, Microsoft does this. What are they going to do next? Yeah. What is going to happen with the rest of the gaming industry? Because for the longest time, it was just this thing like, yeah, you have a couple of first-party studios. And then, oh, you know, you might get some third parties. You have third parties that want to release on your platform. But Microsoft's just taking the biggest third parties, and they're like, no, you're ours. We're buying you. And it's just like, okay, where does that leave us in 10 years? Right. Is it just people pitch their games to, to... Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo, and then they get sold to one of those three? Is that where we're going to end up? Or is it going to be something completely different, right? It's just... It's crazy, honestly. And there's no other word really for it. Meanwhile, a few weeks ago, well, a a couple of months ago, when we were talking about the fact that you weren't going to have internet at at your new house for the foreseeable future, you were like... What if we just pause the podcast? I mean, what's going to happen in January? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. How how naive we were. Well, nevertheless. Still supposed to to get it this year, but we'll see. We'll see. Nevertheless, I'm glad that I get to uh, look at every developing story with you. My lifelong friend, my favorite homeowner at Raven Baby TV Raven, Stab Miller Raven. Where can the people find us and not Microsoft.com? <laughs> Unfortunately, they can't find us on Microsoft's payroll, but they can find us at Making Fun Pod on both Twitter and Facebook. As Casey already mentioned, you can find me on Twitter at Radio Baby TV, and you can find Casey on Twitter and Instagram at Casey on the Drums. Raven, and uh, you can my... listen to us wherever you can listen to your podcasts. Sorry, I was like, I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, my Microsoft yeah, bought Activision. <laughs> hey, hey, Microsoft. If you need two guys from the Midwest, yep, to talk about how great your platform is. Oh my God, I, I, uh, uh, Phil. I do Phil. it for like twenty bucks. Phil, Phil. <laughs> Mister Spencer, we don't know him like that yet. Once we get hired, Phil, 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 Philly Spence. Listen to me. <laughs> if you give me even a decent wage, like I don't even like you got to understand for 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 fifty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> I will say whatever you want me to say whenever you want me to say it. Oh, God. Could you imagine just Microsoft starts buying podcasting? <laughs> If that happens, that is the end of the gaming world as we well, know. Well, okay, it's, 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 it's funny that you mention that because, quick hit, apparently Bobby Kotick tried to buy Kotaku, too. <laughs> I heard about that. You know what I have to say about that? Fuck that guy. All right, that's it. Yeah, dude, straight up. He's like, I don't like the fact that they keep being mean to us. Jared, well, buy being... them. Uh... 
And then he was also he was also like, well, the 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 sex stuff isn't why they contacted us. They contacted us last year. Oh, you mean when the sex stuff was happening? That guy is a complete moron, and any amount of money that he gets and the ability that he gets to gracefully back down from the mistake that he's made is a disgrace against the whole United States. I, uh, uh, Get me out of here. Let freedom uh, ring. And until next week, my friends, go out and brighten someone's day. Go punch a millionaire in the face.